Hey, 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 y'all. This is Safe Space with Shay, and I am sitting down with my special guest today, Dr. I'm sorry, Mr. Napoleon Harrington. I'm early I'm, promotion. I'm, I'm already giving you that doctor title already. Um, I'm so excited to have him on my episode today. Today, we are going to be talking about black men empowerment and black men self-care. Um, this requires and needs so much focus right now in the state that we are in socially with black men and what they're going through. Um, so I wanted to give Mr. Harrington an opportunity to introduce himself. Well, thank you, Shay. I'm so happy that I get the chance to uh, connect with you in the safe space. This is uh, it's really cool. We've had conversation before. And I first want to tell you, I'm proud of the work that you've been doing. And I'm glad we get to finally meet in person for me to say it to you. Uh, you've been doing some tremendous work over the past several years, and uh, it's created safe spaces for people who didn't have them before. So uh, kudos to you and all the work that you've been doing. Thank you. Uh, by way of introduction, I'm Napoleon Harrington. Uh, I'm a clinical mental health counselor uh, practicing uh, in Metro Detroit. Um, we, I own a private practice ambassador counseling and resource group. I've been doing that for the past, uh, since 2008, so we crossed the milestone in 2018, the 10-year milestone, which is dope. There we go. Yeah, that's that. (laughs) Love it. Love it. And um, that's been exciting. And uh, and so I've been practicing since 2004 when I got my degree from OU. Um, I'm a grizzly to the core. Awesome. Uh, Absolutely love the work that I do. Uh, not only am I a clinical mental health therapist, I am also a husband to Faith Harrington. So, babe, if you're listening, hey, honey. Um, and uh, I'm also uh, Isabella and Imani's dad. Uh, my twin girls who just crossed over into two-year-old, uh, yep, two-year-old world, and they are two. Curious twos, uh-huh. not terrible. That's right. That's right. They are super curious. Um, and so, uh, to that point, um, I... I think it kind of captures the uh, a little bit of the essence of who, uh, of who I am. Um, I'm a family man. I love uh, helping people to become the best version of themselves uh, and also integrating into their family in the way that they can, uh, the best way that they can. So uh, I also promised you a dad joke okay. because now that I'm two years into the game, I got okay. a dad joke, and I think it's the best joke ever I've heard. So... You ready for it? I'm ready. Okay, okay, it's good. And you also want to test out that little button, too. That's what that is. Okay, so so the joke goes like this. There's this little boy who's got these animal crackers, and he is furiously going through this box. He's pulling out all the animal crackers, and and his dad's looking at him and going, son, what are you doing? Why, Why are you looking like that? And the little boy looks at his dad real concerned and says, the box said, if the seal is broken, don't eat these cookies. You get it? If the seal is broken, don't wait. I had to take a pause and be like, wait, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's- I think that is one of the best jokes I have ever heard in my life. I love it. That is so cute. Ain't that funny? It is, it's just. I, I, Okay, that that was cute. So, so I'm already starting my 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 cadre of like bad dad jokes. Yeah, so you definitely I gotta gonna, get them. I gotta get them in. That, gotta that's them in. one for the books for sure. 
Well, thank you again, Mr. Napoleon Harrington, for joining me. Um, I wanted to first start off by saying, you know, there's just been so much going on mm -hmm. for black men, you know, with this Black Lives Matter and police brutality and fatalities. Um, it's just so stressful. It's so tense. And um, I just think it's so important um, that we empower these black men. How do you see it has affected you personally and your um, patients mm -hmm. um, personally. Yeah, well, it's it's been a real uh, a real challenge, and and we gotta we gotta face the fact that the um, we've had an intolerant history in our society towards black people in general, but even more specifically against black men. And I think if we pay attention to the history of black men or black experience in America it's very clear that we've had an uphill battle, an uphill climb since we've arrived here uh, and all throughout the time that we've been here. So I think it's important for us to pay attention to the idea that this is not a new issue. It's not a new problem. This is something that's existed for many, many years. So therefore, if we've got this deep foundation of challenge and trouble in this society that we live in, it doesn't just eradicate uh, automatically it's become deeply embedded in the system that we've, uh, that we've literally developed um, over, over many years. Really, the life of America, uh, in a system and a history and a pattern of uh, discrimination, hatred, and uh, some really difficult things that we've had to overcome for many years. And so uh, so that's, that's one of the first places to start. And... Um, I think the way that it's affected African Americans across the spectrum has been. I was on another um, another uh, interview, and one of the phrases that kept coming up in our conversation was, "We experience a complicated grief. It's not just a general grief; it's a complicated grief. And complicated grief is not just grieving for the loss of something." It's grief on top of a challenge that could be things like systematic. It could be things like uh, ritualistic, routine. Um, we consistently experience the grief even after we've finished grieving the person or whatever the experience was. It's literally a consistent and overwhelming grief. And that has been, I think, at the crux of the issue of black life in America and particularly against black males in America. Mm, that's so true, man. And I think, you know, it, it's a corrupt system. And I can only imagine what it's like to be a black man now and just feel like, you know, um, everything is against you. You know, it's, it just adds so much pressure. And um, I recall seeing you back on Black Mental Wellness uh, panel, mm -hmm. and um, one of the panelists said it's like you're in a – constant state right of this rage and mm -hmm. I'm like wow that really put perspective on it for me you know I never thought of a, about it like that for a black man yeah and, and those were some really excellent brothers that I was able to sit on a panel with they had some great conversation about like what the experience of black men in America is like not just in America by itself but in America and in a family um, and, and that adds another, uh, being in a family by itself and leading a family is enough pressure, mm -hmm. but then to fight a system that has uh, a level of disregard for your 
whatever your attained degree might be, um, being underestimated in just about every space that you go into, um, the idea that you're the product of some level of a program that wants to even the playing field, in air quotes I'm giving, um, it's always that you're fighting against some layer, some invisible person um, or system that is always present. And so uh, being able to have those conversations are really important because they help to, like you said, give perspective onto um, people who may not necessarily pay attention to the differences that black men might experience in life. Um, And especially for uh, black families to be able to put into perspective what dad might be going through or what my husband or what my boo might be going through or what they're experiencing at any given time. Mm -hmm. And to kind of go back to your very first question, that's the experience that I have in clinical uh, sessions with some of the folks that I'm working with. Um, They are struggling with being misunderstood, not seeing the appropriate kind of representation for their hopes, beliefs, et cetera. Um, they don't get the opportunity to be recognized in society. And uh, the ways that they get identified is through the way mass media produces them. So, um, you know, if they don't play basketball, then maybe they're a good rapper. And if they're not a good rapper, then maybe they might do something else sitting around sports or something around entertainment. Ah, that's what it is. He can tell a good joke. Um, as opposed to the professors that uh, we are, as opposed to uh, the men who are engineers and, I mean, out well, like really doing some remarkable things in science and all of that, all of that. So it's it, even in therapy, in, yeah. in, in, in yeah. my world. And it's, it's interesting that they don't necessarily get that kind of attention because of the way certain uh, presentations are designed to, to give the, give the, the, the uh, give society to look mm. and see. Yeah, and that's, and that's a good point, too. So what are some ways we can um, help empower these black men or black men can empower themselves? Like, what are some? Well, I got to give you, I got to give you your shout out because I remember looking at one of your posts uh, and one of your posts said, and it, it hit me when I read it. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of your posts said, um, when you see a black man and you just say, I see you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, that makes that makes all the difference in the world. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter what level this man or young man is on Mm -hmm. um, from the youngest to the oldest. When you look at somebody and and it works for people together, uh, but it works for black men for sure. Um, When you tell a brother, hey, I see you. And, and you say it only the way a sister can say it, yeah. or you say it only the way that you can say it from your heart. When you say it, it gives recognition and validation in a very deep way. Mm-hmm. Um, I see you. I yeah. recognize you. All of us live in a way that is designed to have our lives validated. And when that kind of validation happens, it helps to improve the quality of the output we give in our lives. Mm-hmm. And so the first and foremost is just when you see somebody, acknowledge them. I, I see you. I see what you're doing. I, I respect it. I appreciate you. Um, that's one big way that uh, people can, can pour into the lives of, of others. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing that's important is making sure that you, uh, Stephen Covey wrote a book many years ago, and its concepts still hold true today. And the, the book is called uh, The Seven Highly Effective Habits of People. Yes. Right? Uh, yep. Okay. So in that book, it's seek first to understand, 
and then be understood. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite quote. Okay, One of them. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. And, and the 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 value of that is you get to take the time and understand what's happening in your man's life or your father's life or your uncle's or cousin's life or whatever the case might be. You get to understand what's going on in his life and his natural output will become more consistent and he'll feel freer to talk to you and feel more uh, available to have those those discussions that uh, men oftentimes get blamed for not having. Uh, And Men are very simple in a, from the standpoint that if if we're shown the right kind of or the appropriate kind of interest, mm-hmm. then we will respond in kind. Uh, it, it's it, the reason why we can talk to another fellow about uh, uh, basketball all day is because he's demonstrating a level of interest that is just, uh, he's like, oh, let me tell you about this team yeah. and this team. And, and then you engaging. go, yeah, yep. it's so engaging. And so when you demonstrate that level of interest, it helps to uh, open up a person into uh, another, another space, and especially black men, because we often uh, live under the misnomer that we're not interested in talking that we live by three rules because we've been trauma affected. Don't talk, don't trust, don't feel. And so if those are the rules that we live by, then you don't talk to a black man. Well, well the reality is we've got a lot to say uh, and we've got a lot of things to share and have a lot to offer into the lives of the people that we love and the people that we know. And so when, when, when we're understood or we can see or sense that the person has a genuine interest, uh, we're able to respond in kind and go, you know, Yeah, you know, Shay always takes the time to talk to me. Mm -hmm. And she, you know, doesn't force her point across. She's interested in like what's what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling. So it helps to it helps to improve that picture. That's good. That's a really good point. Like I said, that's one of my favorite quotes. Mm -hmm. And that's a good thing. So that's good for um, outsiders. Right. So trying to empower black men. Uh, one of the biggest things that black women focus on is self-care. Mm-hmm. So I want to know what's some self-care tips, strategies that black men can implement in uh, their day-to-day life. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> we work so hard to prove ourselves that we oftentimes overlook the value of taking time to take care of ourselves. And when you're underestimated as a rule mm-hmm. in society – you work twice as hard or 10 times as hard. And my mother gave me a quote, and I thought it was so unfair early in my life. And, and even now, I struggle with it. And I told her this the other day. Um, she said that uh, when I was growing up, she used to say, you have to be 10 times better. Mm. And in my head, I was thinking, that's not fair because... Uh, they don't have to work as hard. Yeah, like my, my white counterpart in class didn't have to work 10 times as hard. Mm-hmm. But she drilled that message home, and what it does is it helps to kind of create this idea. Uh, And it it could be double-edged sword in a way. You have to always be prepared, always work hard, always strive, always push when other counterparts may not do the same thing. So it creates this idea that you have to be able to show and prove when called upon to show and prove, which is good because you'll be prepared when the time comes. But it's also challenging because uh, it adds another layer of pressure. So when you live under that kind of idea for a very long time, being uh, Mm underestimated, it's important to slow down 
your life long enough to at least become more mindful about your behavior. So I think the first things first, mindfulness is a very important strategy to uh, beginning the idea of starting to do some self-care. I mean, you can, you can go get a massage and all that kind of stuff, but if you don't practice healthy mindfulness, well, then those massages only last for so long. Uh, you know, getting, your, getting the manicure only yeah. lasts for so long. And so mindfulness is becoming more aware of the things that you need to, uh, to be healthy. Healthy sleep. You know, if you're only sleeping two, three hours, bruh, you need to get at least six, six to seven hours of sleep. If, if you're not eating as healthy level meals, well, you, you got to start eating a little bit more healthy. Um, get some more green vegetables in there. You know, if you're not moving enough, Surgeon General suggests you get at least 15 to 20 minutes every day of some level of movement. Close those rings on that watch yeah. uh, and make sure that you're doing more mindful behaviors to get you in the right space. So with that said, mindfulness is one of the first things. Yeah. The second thing I think is really important is unplug and get away. Unplug means I know it, 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 the, the research says that we've created a, we've got a paradox of progress with these mobile devices. Uh, the numbers say that we touch, hold, and handle our devices more than we touch, handle, and hold the people that we love. Uh, I know. I hate it. I hate it. I know. It's true. It is. It is. And, and USA Today said uh, they put out a, a post not too long, not a post, but a. Um, a, uh, uh, a survey that said that um, we hold our devices in our hands, the equivalent of a part-time job. I, I know my, I know it's real for me because I'm looking at yeah. the numbers when, when I, you know, how, you know how you can set your phone to say, this is how long you've been holding it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yep. One time it looked like it popped up and just said, just put it down. <laughs> just put me down. <laughs> um, but uh, we've got to unplug and give our, our minds a chance to recharge uh, and get away. And whether it's a daycation or an actual vacation, please get out of the environment that you're in yeah. and start to explore newer aspects of life, different things. Go to the woods and just go hang out and scream and, 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 and touch leaves and feel dirt and all that kind of stuff. Or go visit friends or family that are in a neighboring city or another state because, you know, it's, that's safe and healthy to do. Right. It gets you away from the, uh, the routine that you're stuck in on a regular basis. So being able to do that is very, very critical. So yeah. unplug, get away. Practice more mindfulness, better nutrition, better sleep. All of that is self-care. They're called weekends for a reason. Mm -hmm. When the week is over, you've got some time to recharge and get in there and relax. So that's that's very important for uh, for anybody, but for sure for men to hit, you know, kind of reset. And two things I wanted to add, black men Mm -hmm. practice boundaries. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because, um, listen, we know there's this um, stereotypical thing, right, where you guys protect and provide, but you have to practice good boundaries with anything. I think that um, sometimes the lack, not, I'm not going to say sometimes, a lot of times when we lack boundaries, it impacts us in more ways than one, uh, mentally, emotionally, um, 
it's just a lot. Mm-hmm. And if you are on social media, curate your timeline. Follow and unfollow <laughs> healthy people who are insightful, who are engaging, who are encouraging. Um, my daughter, she's 20, and she's doing that, you know. Um, she's very mindful of who she follows, what's on her timeline, because we are on our devices a lot. And so it's just good that we kind of pay attention to what's coming across. If I'm going to be on my device this long, mm-hmm. let it at least be something that's beneficial to me. You got it. And, and you know, with alongside that point, it, it's probably rehashing the same point as well, but it's... It, unfollow those people who are creating these demands on you that you just that that don't match your values um if you know those people who are telling you grind 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 and don't go to sleep well that's the wrong message I respect a good grind because I've done it myself but I think the reality is if you grind too hard you're not going to have any self left to enjoy the success after you grind so you've got to you've got to be able to like you said uh, curate that timeline make sure you're following the people who are meaning you well, yeah. as opposed to the people who are making your success or the balance of life unrealistic. Absolutely. And another thing, Mm-mm. black me, I got one more thing. Here she okay. goes. <laughs> no, it's just focus and discipline are so important. And I feel like a lot of times black men, they stretch themselves too thin mm. because they're focused on numerous things mm-hmm. and they may lack discipline. So I think discipline and focus goes hand in hand. I think sometimes just reevaluating that, like, do I got too many irons in the fire? Like, can I scale back? Um, because when you really hone in on your focus, it improves your discipline. So yes, that wow, <laughs> you hit, you hit a, a, a big nail <laughs> on the right. head. You could you could find a man any at any given life who really means well at, at any point in his life, and he's sending more and more boats out. He's sending them out because he realizes. You know, I'm, you know, you know how the phrase goes, I'm waiting on my ship to come in, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Well, at a lot of different points in life, men are sending out ship after ship after ship after ship because yeah. they waiting on one of them to come back. <laughs> but when they start coming back, you got to be present to be able to manage what comes. Yeah. So in, 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 in that word discipline, focus is great. Yeah. And in that word discipline, it, it is the, and this is really ironic, uh, or it's actually the way that linguistically it's set up. Mm-hmm. In the word discipline is the word disciple. Mm-hmm. So, and if you know what the word disciple means, it means to follow very intently uh, the message of whatever is being presented. Mm-hmm. So if you're being disciplined, you are discipling yourself to whatever you're ascribing to mm-hmm. or whatever you're focusing on. So it's, it's, it's interesting that you, you bring that up because in being disciplined, you are discipling yourself toward the end of that objective or that goal. Wow. Yeah. I love it. I got to give you some of okay. that well. one. <laughs> that was a word right there. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, Mr. Harrington, did you want to add anything else before we close out? I think this was a very good conversation, but I always know. You know, you got something good to share. <laughs> well, it, well, thank you for the opportunity. This it, it means a lot to be able to share um, because I, I'm just a guy who grew up in Flint uh, and uh, was able to make the most of different experiences that life has 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 shown me. I've had my share of ups. I've had my share of downs. Um, but I think the one character trait that's been enduring. 
that I encourage everybody to embrace is courage. Mm. Um, my message has been a message for, for years now about courage. Uh, and it's, it's not being, uh, it's not the idea of not being afraid to do something. Mm -hmm. Courage is being afraid. I mean, I'm scared to death doing certain things, but doing them anyway. And when you can align courage with your values, then you are going to start to see some very amazing things happen in your life. So uh, I encourage as many people as possible to practice courage. Uh, and, and I do mean practice because it doesn't, you know, you don't just wake up one day and say, hey, I'm going to be brave and I'm going to do all these mm -hmm. things in life. Mm -hmm. And you can overwhelm your system that way. And your system's like, nope, not today. Yep. We're going <laughs> to shut everything down. Yeah. Um, but when you practice courage, what happens is you begin to develop a pattern of courage. And if you practice the pattern of courage long enough, courage becomes permanent. Mm. Practice does not make perfect. So yeah. don't practice courage thinking you're going to perfect courage. Yeah. Practice makes pattern. Right. Not perfect. Practice makes pattern. And if you practice a pattern long enough, it becomes uh, uh, permanent. Now, once it becomes permanent, you can literally predict what's going to happen in your life. So with that said, if you're practicing courage, then you get to predict what you can, what kind of situations you'll be in where courage will show up. So bring your courage with you. Practice yes, courage. Yes, because he is the courage counselor. There we go. There we go. <laughs> oh, one uh, last question. Are you accepting new clients? Okay. So current currently I'm not, but not individually, okay. but but the practice is accepting uh accepting new folks. Okay. Perfect. So I will list your contact information cool. in the show notes. Thank you again. And of it was course. a pleasure, you guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate your support. And until next time, bye guys.